So what's it going to be? Yay or nay? Yeah, what is it going to be? Yay or nay? Zero four one six ninety fifty fifty two to text in and get involved. Thirteen hundred six five two nine two seven. If you want to jump on the phones, you can ask any of us a question on Big V Racing today. And if you do so, we'll give you a round of golf for two at the exceptional Devil Bend Golf Club at Murdoch. And if it's a really outstanding question, Mark Stevens will play with mm. you as well. He will he will mm. lock himself in for a round <laughs> of golf. Can I break to some... clarify that comment? <laughs> no, and then after that, he'll have a round of golf with you. He's going to be inundated with <laughs> Are golf. Are you not me? <laughs> but some breaking news just to get serious yes. here, and this is a really significant story. Peter okay. Boll, of course, who tested yep. positive. Um, sample A didn't look good. So we're now waiting for sample B. That's mm-hmm. come back negative. Oh. So Peter Bowles being cleared, the uh, Huge. Olympic hero. He, he he said he was innocent all along yeah. and has proven to be innocent. Of course, we're all worried because very rarely in athletics does the B come back as, a, mm. as different to the A. Mm. That's massive. So he's relieved. Massive news. The provisional suspension's been lifted. And he's just put out a statement saying he can't describe how relieved he is. So I can't recall this happening too often. Normally when the A1's bad, the B1 follows. Well, yeah, I remember I was on hosting breakfast with Scotty Gullen when this story broke. Scotty broke the story on the Friday and we discussed it on the Monday. And we, we both sort of had a chat about whether or not we we thought in our heart of hearts Peter Boll was actually guilty. And I was pretty honest at the time. I thought... I had a hunch that he wasn't guilty. You know when you just get a vibe off someone, they couldn't mm. possibly be a cheat. And Peter Bowl, he was just he's too good of a, a citizen. Mm. And so that's that's a great uh, result for not just Peter Bowl but Australian athletics. Yeah, he's released a really strong statement so I've never done it, I'll never do mm. it. And uh, well, it's a relief for everybody and um, you know, we're lucky that we, we, we were hoping, weren't we, fingers crossed, but normally once it gets uh, halfway there with the A sample, you're in a lot of trouble. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, Steve-O, something that's not on our yay or nay list, but something that Johnny Allen, we were talking about with Johnny Allen, and he said, look, I'm out of form, um, but, but then he said, I'm not riding any different. You know these sports people who just go through a rut, yeah. and then they start second-guessing themselves and start changing things. Remember David Duval mm-hmm. was beating Tiger Woods, and he decided to modify his swing, and it all fell apart. Adam Scott's had yep. long putters, short putters, well, and all sorts of things. the famous one, I think, was Greg Chapley, so I'm batting well, I just keep getting out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's making a duck after duck. It's a mind game, obviously, but uh, particularly in cricket, I think we've seen Steve Smith reinvent himself. You can fiddle and uh, overthink things, I think, at times. But Greg Chappell was the famous one. I'm batting well. I just can't make a run. Uh, well, we'll, we'll add one to the list. Mm. The biggest rut you can remember, the biggest sporting rut, and did they or didn't they dig themselves out of it? 0416905052, And the one I remember, well, the, the worst rut in a single day was Greg Norman versus Nick Feldo in the mm. final round of uh, Augusta. That's a, a mini joke, rut. We, it, uh, well, that was that was a sort of an eighteen-hole yeah. rut, wasn't it? But, yeah. Well, Ian Baker Finch found a big rut. Of course, he yeah. won the British, British Open, then just <laughs> totally <laughs> lost it. Forgot mm. how to play golf. Yeah. So that was that uh, can happen. I think golf's probably the big culprit mm. for this sort of syndrome, yeah. wouldn't you say? But just in AFL, which is your wheelhouse, mm. what, can you remember what's the, the ones that come to mind for you? The, the guys that really had to go through a major rut and come out the other end. It's a tough one. I need to have a think. Yeah, right. Obviously, clubs. Fitzroy coaches? didn't quite come out. Yeah. <laughs> coaches. There's been plenty of coaches. That... Normally, Dusty's, fo- Dusty's had a bit of an up and down two yeah. years, hasn't he? Normally, footballers, when they go into the rut, find it hard to get out. There's warning it's signs terminal. and you go over yeah. the cliff. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's hard to reinvent yourself. Probably Liam Jones. 
is yep. one that comes to mind. Good example. Like at the Bulldogs, he was on the. He got traded to Carlton was a forward. He was on the scrap heap, just about gone, playing twos. And then someone said, "Well, this is the last chance. He can't get a kick. Let's throw him into the back line." Yep. And he's almost an all Australian defender. I can think of one at Melbourne who's probably got himself out of a rut twice. That's Tom McDonald. Mm. He was out of the side, came back, signed a big contract, did the same thing again three or four years later. Um, a lot of players time too. They have a good year they when do. they're up for contract. They do. They can go missing and then come alive in when, their last year. That's when, weak, isn't it? When was Jake oh, Stringer's best year? His contract year. Uh, two fifteen sixteen at the Bulldogs. Then he had a good one at Essendon, but he does play for the contract. Yeah. He's been a great player, Jake Stringer. I'm not one to criticise him. All right. Well, give us your ruts and your dig out of ruts and all that. We'll give the bullet points, Matty, so people know what our vaguely what, what our topics are. Yeah, so before I do, there was a text. Biggest rut. Looking in the mirror every day. I peaked about fifteen years ago. Was uh, that Matt from Mentone? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's your birthday. Be kind to yourself, Matty. Hey, uh, it's yay or nay. Okay, so our topics today, we're going to talk about obviously what's going on with the race in Victoria, New South Wales war, where that's heading. Zaki and Nature Strip, is it all over for them? Can they come back and win Group 1's this preparation? Uh, I'm intrigued by uh, the betting agencies, some of the corporates offering um, refunds if a horse doesn't actually show up on race day and whether or not that should become a bit more of a... Um, consistent thing across all betting agencies. And uh, I also want to ask the question of what that NFL ball might be worth, which was, which was caught by an Australian in the crowd yesterday. But, Matty, I'll start with you. Let's open the batting. What's going to happen in this war between New South Wales, and it's now everyone. It's not just Victoria. It's a war on the world. What's going to happen? You know, steve when someone's at war with everyone, who's usually right? Everyone or the individual? Normally everyone. Yeah, I think He's everyone. Boxed into a corner. Well, I think yeah. everyone, in inverted commas, is hoping that this action from Racing New South Wales sort of lays bare um, the real issues yep. behind these wars and who the real agitators have been and uh, what the impasses are. So I hope it offers enough clarity where it puts pressure on certain individuals for their openly... Uh, negative belligerent behaviour. So I'm hoping that this is a bit of a kind of a um, a moment in time where this is a where things change because of this action for the better of everyone. The Racing Australia will sort this out. That's oh yeah, they're good at that. Yeah. Um, and maybe it'll even expose the the massive issue with Racing Australia, and then then maybe the need for something a replacement body. Perhaps. So who knows? This might be the catalyst for positive change. What about the prospect of, and I don't know how likely this is and when it might happen, but a change of leadership in New South Wales. is that Would that be potentially something that could bring these bodies together? Problem is, the perceived problem, I think, from the, from the others is that it's not just a certain individual. Right. It's... Uh, it's maybe a bit of a, a culture yep. up there. So, um, you know, the Emerald City, Steve-O, David mm. Williamson, that was basically a play about the differences between Melbourne mm. and Sydney. And uh, yeah. I reckon that there are certain people in administration in Sydney that would never get through the screening test down here. We're more conservative. Yeah, more no conservative, doubt. no doubt about it. It's more yep. cowboy areas up mm. there in everything, all walks of life. Yeah. Mm. That's all right. Have you ever walked past anyone in the street in Sydney and they've said g'day? Never. <laughs> No, they're caught up in themselves a lot. But what I will say, I think... <laughs> if we slag them off. <laughs> what I will say, that Sydney people are more Aussie than Melbourne, but real Aussie. More Aussie. Thongs, board shorts, I think it's more Aussie. Does that make sense? Well, no. it's hard to walk around in they're thongs more and board shorts in Melbourne when it's freezing cold yeah. 10 months of the year. 
So anyway, just to just okay, to sum you know, up, the that, I, I do I do like the water up there. It's nice. Um, I think I hope, and I think everyone, Brian Kruger expressed this view this morning that that this uh, fork in the road actually um, results in a positive outcome, and I, there's a there's a posi- possibility that it can. Okay, uh, here's a text message. New South Wales have to have a good hard look at themselves. It just doesn't affect racing, but also the breeding industry as well. And that's exactly why we want to see these bodies come together, Matt, because it does affect everyone. It's not just isolated to one body. Well, some of the issues that have been unable to be dealt with uh, and ahead of the curve and all that at Racing Australia have been things like uh, responsible gambling advertising that Brian Kruger mentioned today, animal welfare, Mm. traceability of horses. These are things that are of absolute national interest in horse racing, I'm not saying the walls are closing in on horse racing, but the scrutiny is tightening on those issues. Mm. And because of one jurisdiction, um, things have not been able to be effectively done for about three years. So hopefully this Supreme Court action will reveal all of those things. Uh, It was interesting when Brian Kruger was posed the question around what changes we can expect. And I think there was a bit of a hint there, Matt, that there might be no change in terms of scheduling uh, in the spring. We're still yet to get any clarity around that. Um, I know when I asked you this question a few weeks ago about what you would change uh, in the spring, you didn't give a scheduling answer. But if you could change one thing in in terms of the schedule, would you change anything? I'd change the Metro focus to accept that country uh, deserves as much attention as the city racing. How do you do that? I think that what we have already is we go from this transition to Cup Week to Ballarat Standalone to Cranbourne Standalone and then Packenham and the Jericho and then the zipping kicks back in in town. I'd put a lot more promotion, marketing, awareness into that transition and the upside of the demographics of those country areas. We have 80% of the horses racing the country. I would accept what we have, but I would promote the bit that they feel to quote Andrew Jones, is a bit that falls off a cliff. Well, put a bit more, a lot more resources into promoting it and highlighting it, and some of those sums will start to change. When the, when they say that it, it falls off a cliff, did it flow better when the Zipping Classic was the week after Cup Week? It did like does that schedule? Um, I don't know how the the the, the, the rise and fall of the sums and the wagering, right. you know, pre and post. But all I know is that um, it ain't broke. Uh, and that there's a there's an acceptable flow as we head towards summer and the new year, and I think they I, I just feel and I think definitely I feel Victoria and other states probably as well. I don't think they quite grasp the importance of the country racing, and I don't think they focus enough on it and its virtues. So hopefully that they can focus on that and they realise that this transition from city to country is actually a, a good transition, not a negative one. Sometimes I find that it's a bit of a moot argument that um, it, it all falls off a cliff after cut week because if you're going to go so high and you're going to have such a big week, naturally it's not going to be as big the following. What happens after the AFL Grand Final? There's no football. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's trade week and they keep some momentum rolling, but it's still a big fall. If you've from, got from peaks, you have to have troughs, exactly. don't you, steve you do. I'm just looking at the <laughs> recipe came up on my phone. Oh, not an air fryer recipe, was it? No, no. A, a mate of mine's making some chili. So he, uh, he, he's pretty. He thinks he's pretty good in the kitchen, Matt. Mm. Oh, I'm looking at him. He looks good in the kitchen. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you riding off Zaki and Nature Strip ahead of their returns, Matt? Will they win another Group One 
this preparation. This is about this is a bit of Gary Ablett Jr. in twenty twenty two, Steve O. This when you sense that they're they're at the end. Who's that? Nature Strip and Zaki. Yeah, to can come to a cliff quickly mm. in all sports. Yep. And in all occasions. Yeah. Oh, Zaki sometimes did, before you know it. Zaki trialed average the other day, yesterday, which, you know, Zami Carr, what does she do now? And Thunderstruck Zaki. It's mm, a good question. I, I think Chris Waller's great trainer and Nature Strip's a great horse. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't presented, you know, as good as he can go. But I just think, I think that transition is obviously about to occur. And you've got Buenos Notches and a few others. My gut feeling is that he's going to get rolled in the Lightning. You think Nature Strip will get beaten in the Lightning? Yeah, I've got a gut feeling that he'll get rolled. I think he'll be right. I reckon he'll be bang on. All right. Do you know why I say that? Because I think we read a little bit too much into the end of his prep last time. His Everest run was enormous. He was very wide on the turn. He won his previous start. He flogged them at Royal Ascot before that. And he had one subpar run, really, at the end of his prep. So if he's going anywhere near that level, Matty, surely he's going to take. But the question is, if he's eight now, that that that's the thing, isn't it? Like mm. if if he's the same as he was three years ago, he wins. But I'm saying now, rising again after that Europe trip, after the all of that stuff you mentioned in the here and now, um, you know, is he vulnerable? And I'm I'm thinking that he might be vulnerable. Are the horses that he's running against the the, the challenges? Are they a better crop of challenges? Than I think the been? rising stars like the Buenas Notches of this world. This is when they seize these opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like like say in secret was in it. I'd I'd back it. Or the cows came home to to, to knock off the champ. Yeah. At, at this transitional stage where one's on the up and the other's been an absolute all time great. But you know, look at Ali. He was getting beaten by pub brawlers towards the end. I'm not saying nature strips at that stage, but He's he's got to be vulnerable. Mm. He's got to be increasingly vulnerable as every month clicks over. Can happen quickly. Is In Secret still going to the new market? Is that still the plan with her, or are they unsure? Or get off. Uh, I think all I think everything's on the on the table okay. for everything at the moment. I reckon Nathan Lyons in the same position. Yeah. It's ready a, to go over the cliff. Oh, hold tight yeah. on that question, Steve. Ready to go. We've, we've got, we've, Sometimes it happens you, quicker than you think. I'll it's ask, creeping up. I'll ask you a cricket-related one soon. Just on the Zaki nature strip stuff, if I relate that to footy, Steve-O, Dustin Martin, the, the man that we mentioned earlier, do you think he can bounce back yeah, he in 2023? Can. Yeah, or, he had excuses, obviously, the kidney injury, uh, the passing of his father. I think he will bounce back. Okay. Cherry ripe. And the Tigers? Yes, Premiership favourites in my Premiership yep. favourites. With the midfield that they've got, key defence, forwards dangerous, good coach, good culture, value. All right. Do you agree with Mark Stevens that the, the Tigers should be Premiership favourites? Zero four one six ninety fifty fifty two. Okay, Matty. There was a text that came through earlier, and this is why I'm going to ask this question, uh, in regards to futures betting. I took a multi in futures betting with King's Gambit in the Blue Diamond. Um, it's now unlikely to run. I think you should get a refund because it's morally r- wrong to keep money. Probably technically illegal as well. What do you think? Because prices overall are similar. If you bet early or late, shouldn't early bettors be looked after instead of punished? Well, there are corporates out there that, that are protecting the punter at the moment, Matt, by saying if your horse doesn't turn up on the day, we'll give you your money back. That's not... That texter obviously is a gambler who doesn't understand the definition of gamble. <laughs> no, all in markets, you're yeah. taking a punt if you yeah. want to. You get a better price early on, out, yeah. way out. Yeah, and then if it if the horse doesn't run or goes amiss, then you do your money. And you, but it's when he says it's illegal and immoral. Well, it's not <laughs> illegal or immoral because it's legal 
by definition, the terms and conditions are there. The understanding of uh, the nature of an all-in bet is there. And if you, your second option is to not do it, you can wait until the final fields, and then mm. even then the horse could be a late scratching. This, this is called gambling. What's his name? Uh, he's left his name off. Well, Barry from Baldwin. Um, I think you're misunderstanding the fundamental definition of a gamble, yep. a punt. If you're taking a punt, there is risk. And there are different futures markets you can bet into, Matt. There's all-in markets and then there's pre-nomination markets where there is a bit more yep. insurance. Well, so. the corporates, this is interesting you, you go down this road because um, Bren O'Brien has actually written a very interesting story on Asian Racing Report, which is actually a bit of a good read, um, that website. Um, oh, just plugged another website. Um, but he's written a story about the amazing plummet in um, paramutual turnover just in the last 12 months with corporates offering all these enticements that the paramutual can't offer. Um, 62% in 12 months, the drop in wagering on the paramutual on the tote. Mm. In 12 months in Sydney, a little bit less in Melbourne, like 54% or something. That's millions of dollars where the, the punters are drifting away from the paramutual and they're being enticed into the, the easy world of corporates and bonus bets and all that sort of stuff. Those little gifts have had a massive impact on, you know, the tote. 100%. Go back 50 years. The tote was it. You know, the tote was, was God, you know. I don't know this world pool, how, whether that'll affect behaviour or not from punters, but... Well, all these promotions where you get your money back as a bonus bet, like... That's the only way a lot of my friends bet these days. Yeah, with their bonus. Well, bet. if you can't get a bet back, uh, a bonus bet back, they won't bet. Right, and it's it's low risk. Yep, you're betting with someone else's bonus bet, aren't you? Really, you don't have so. to bet each way because you get your money back. You know. Well, so that's the great challenge for the you know because the tote the TAB is like an institution in a, it's like the Sydney Opera House, isn't it, Steve? Mm. Like the tab. If you mm. think about our larrikin history mm. and those thong wearers in Sydney, it's like Arnott's biscuits. Yeah, what, Campbell's what, what suit. Vegemite. Yeah, it's one of the one of the icons. Icons. Yeah. The Hills Hoist. Mm. Yep. Uh, by Victor cup, Moa. By Cup Week, most horses are four to six starts deep into their preparations. What's adding more races going to do? They need a rest before the autumn. Yep. That's, yep. You know that's good. the big reason why the um, so, that idea of the Cox Plate fell over is a realization that they're mach- not machines. Someone says, "Surprise, Steve! I didn't say Footscray. Yes, so am I." Mm. And uh, Julius in Sunbury joins us now. He's uh, rang in and. He wants to talk about Essen and Julius. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Hey, love the show. Just a quick one. In famous ruts, obviously Mark Taylor, his form slump was uh, went on for quite a while. But uh, I hang have... on, I got another one that just sprang to mind. Jeff Howarth, who was the New Zealand cricket captain, mm. could not make a run for two years. And I remember one of the commentators saying, "He's not batting well, but he's a good captain." <laughs> that was <laughs> so he must have been a damn good captain. Can happen. Sorry, Julius, you're about to say something about Essendon's rut. Twenty years we've been in a rut, and I'm not seeing a lot of light at the end of the tunnel just yet. Yeah, it's cruel on social media counting the days since the last that finals is, win. That is cruel. I'd find that really tough as an estimate. Did you person. do you see those posts on social media, Julius? <laughs> no, I'm not on social media, mate. I've, I've got a life. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, actually. No, no, Essendon have been in a rut because they sort of yeah. tease. Um, you know, in the finals the year before, they're down at Launceston. They yeah. probably should have been three or four goals ahead of the Bulldogs at half time, then lost that game. Mm. So they've sort of been there, a bit of a tease, but not winning a final for a long, long time. Mm. They might be able to turn it around, though. 
under a new coach. Uh, hey, thanks for ringing in, Julius. Appreciate it. Stay on the line. We've got a, a couple of we've got a double pass for a round of golf uh, at Muraduck, and if you like, Mark Stevens might play with you as well. I'll give you his number after the show. <laughs> hey, uh, there's another text here, boys. Tom Stewart was never in a rut, but he was playing local footy in the mm. GFL with South Barwon. On the advice of Matt Scarlett, he went to the Cats to train from local footy straight into the AFL. Multiple All-Australian Premiership player and maybe captain of the Premiers. What about Aaron Baddeley? Yeah, Baddeley, he's uh, been in a long... He, had, he was going to be the next yeah. superstar. Mm. He's yeah. still drifting around, but hasn't quite got back to... Golf's full of these Go, people. Golf and cricket Jason probably Day. have the... Yeah, like Jason Tays, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. And another one, even Virat Kohli the last two mm. years has been in a bit of a rut. Ricky Ponting at the end of his career went mm. in a rut. Got his way out of it and then ended up retiring yeah. in a bit of a rut as well. So. Mikey's got his retro Carlton T-shirt on. Talk about ruts. After that salary cap disaster, that was a, a shocker. I'll tell you who <laughs> dug himself out of the most famous rut of all time. With The one defeat rut was the rumble in the jungle when Foreman came out way too energised against Ali and then he, he couldn't basically talk to anyone for 18 months. And then at the age of 45, he made a comeback and... Started winning again, so that was that was a good comeback from a rut for George Foreman. Then he started of, yeah. making his own grills. A lot of music, a lot of bands. <laughs> the get Foreman in. grill. A lot of yeah. bands get in a rut. They just lose their. Do you, their after edge. they've nailed one big album, do you reckon they get a little bit complacent? Is that... Oh, it's just hard to back up. Often, first or second album's good, and then it drifts away. Often, the first yep. is the best. Mikey's nodding, and then it's hard to do. Yeah. Album two's tough. Look at Oasis; they drifted mm. away. Yep. U two still sort of hanging around. They're trying to recapture the magic. They get in a rut. Fleetwood Mac had a 20-year hiatus and then came back with a reasonably successful album mm. after the high of rumours. Listen yeah. to Donnie Sutherland that's over a, here. That's yeah. a, <laughs> that's Do a you top... remember Donnie Sutherland? No, I don't remember It was Donnie like a Molly character. Yeah, Donnie Sutherland, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, Sounds. This probably yeah. is a bit of a, a topic for another day where you, yeah, bands that have a one-hit wonders for their, for albums. Last one, Steve-O, because we need to hit a break before we let you go. What changes should Australia make ahead of Friday? Uh, I'd drop Warner. Uh, open with head mm-hmm. and just attack, just go out and swing. Um, I would keep Boland in. I wouldn't play Stark. I think it's too hard for Stark over there. After a couple of overs, he'll turn it up. Hold Boland, on, at hold least. On, hold on, so you're playing Renshaw again? Um, I'm getting to him. Okay. Um, You've gone to the bowlers. Yeah. yeah. No, no, but I've taken Warner out. Um, that, that, that's it. That's it. Okay, so Warner One for head. Change. Warner for head. Yep. And then and Stark. Yes. Yep. Renshaw, what were you going to say Oh, no, I'm bringing Green for Renshaw. If he's fit. If he's fit. Yeah. Because he can add a bit of bowling. And I think he's a well. He's an aggressive bat, but he can prod too, uh, Green. He needs to go out and play his aggressive style game, and that's why he was the big money in the BBL. Mm. But um, for Patrick Cummins to come out and say it's same, same, we don't need to reinvent the wheel, oh, that Pat. was absolutely garbage. Ridiculous. <sighs> come on, Pat, harden up. Of course we have to reinvent ourselves, otherwise we've got no chance. Exactly. Hey, one of my kids wanted me to ask you a question. My kids are big Saints fans. What does Steve-O think about Max King this year? As he, can he get some more strings to his bow? Speaking of hardening up, I think that Ross will harden up Max King. He needs to uh, tackle, chase, harass, hold the ball in, and if he does that, he'll have a great year. Because right. he can catch it. Probably needs to fix his kicking as well. Is that Max or Ollie? Max. Uh, Max, you've won a round for golf at uh, yeah. Matt Muraduck with Steve. I think, uh, Ross, oh. I think he'd be on top of Ross Lyons' hit list. To just to, There's so many obvious improvements in Max King. If yep. he's 5% better in some areas, he'll be a superstar. A lot of upside.
A lot of upside. Yep. Yeah. He needs hey, to harden up. Steve, you've been sensational. I think I'm really a big fan of making you a regular on uh, mm. on Yay or Nay if you're happy to, to oblige and join us uh, most days. And we might even see you down at the Asian Racing Conference one day over the next couple of days. Yeah, we may have some uh, what, lunch at Silks. Yeah. Is that it's a crown, is that? Uh, you tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You venture so down the, there a lot more than the I do. Conventions at Crown, that's where we'll be. Uh, it's the one next door, isn't it? Exhibition. Jeff Shed. Exhibition. Yeah, why don't, we just, why don't we knock off yeah. the, the chef's hats at um, Crown? Yeah. Through the week. Yeah, Nobu, Silks. Beautiful. You got the RSN credit card? Chaconis, is that down there now? Yeah, oh, no, it yeah. moved back the other way, didn't it? Yeah. Under the... I think Matty Nevitt's more the food court type operator. No, no, no. Lucky I, Chance. I'm a Rockpool. I'm a Rockpool man. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, the Spice Temple? Spice. There's plenty of good restaurants, <laughs> plenty of good ones. We might see you down there, Steve. Oh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Look forward the to Atlantic it. too. Yeah, good man. <laughs> Have a good day. Mark Stevens, our AFL editor, and he's a food connoisseur as well.